Wait, we don't even know the order. Sorry. I thought you were about to give a presentation. I was like, oh, it's a surprise. Ladies. No. Oh, with my laptop to the TV. She yeah. has a PowerPoint presentation it's ready to go, actually. Right First of all, if we were doing that five-minute, like, random things I care about PowerPoint, all about it. Sarah's might be mer mermaid's mouth. Why? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Why? Well, what happened? Well, it's going to flow into something you don't like already, so. Okay, so... First of all, me and Erin played D&D, &D and we yes. leveled up to level motherfucking two. Woo! Morgan, the invite still stands if you want to join us. Morgan can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> so anyway, I was looking at all the D&D &D characters like when I was trying to pick it, and I was like, oh man, how cool would this be to write a book, Clave? I was like, is this not making your mind just go? We can make all these backstories. We can do all this stuff. And he was like, oh God, oh God. And I was like, but like, here's the characters they have. I was like, just think if they had a race of mermaids, think how much cooler that would be. And I was like, oh, what would a mermaid look like? That's for later. That's for later. And then I was laying in bed around like 1130 at night. Clavin's out. And I was like, hmm. So would mermaids be actual aquatic animals? Like, would they be like fish or would they be more like mammals, like a hippo? Would we have thicker skin maybe, like really dark and gray? Would there be hair? We're very customizable people. We like to have our independence, but we wouldn't really need as much hair as we have now. What would qualify as beauty? Exactly. So I was like, oh. I wonder if they would start tattooing, which would which would then mean they're actually living on land, so they're more like hippos. But if they're in the water, they'd have more gills. Are there some animals that have both? Mm hmm They could be one of those, I guess. But I don't know how evolution would just It's kind of rare, gills. I think, but like it, there are gilled animals that can breathe air. Clay mentioned turtles. So then do they just keep air in their shell? Yeah, some animals can literally hold their breath. Like alligators can sometimes, like depends on the type but there are animals that can like hold their breath for like hours on end jesus i came to the consensus it'd be more like a hippo so their skin would be really slick i think they'd probably have shorter hair that have to keep it in braids of some kind because that would definitely get in your way if you're swimming all the time you'd mm -hmm. have to either keep it back so then i was thinking there's no point to really having it It'd be short yeah and then have to anyway i went down this whole thing and i was like how would they have gotten there did they use a land bridge and then the land bridge got watered over Ooh, and then they got trapped there, so they're probably small. They don't have a lot of resources on their island that they're on. <laughs> this was what I did till 2 in the morning the other night. And I remember I literally was like, you know what? We're going to table this. We don't have to figure it out right now. And as I was texting Morgan, I was like, nor do I ever have to figure it out. Anything is possible. <laughs> that is awesome. Literally, all I ever need is a thread, and then I'm like, listen, listen, listen. Mm -hmm. You are Charlie Day. Perhaps. I don't even know that show, but I know it's you. Or, I'm confident. I know enough. the meme. That's fair, right? <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> that well, yeah. When I say you are him, I mean that you are that meme. I feel like he's a a pretty nice guy. He just you know likes to to go on the some tangents. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Some but yeah, T and D level two is for me. It's for you, said Aaron. Yeah. 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 I don't think I'll ever get to you guys because I am officially D and D negative one million. My name is Genesis Albera Fineflow. I'm a druidic gnome who has a past. And is it sagery? I guess just being a sage, I'm magical. There you go. <laughs> you can't see it. I'm getting the most dead-eyed look. <laughs> it's fun! What the fuck? <laughs> it was the best time. It was so fun. We killed some goblins the other night. Hell yeah. It was great. Actually, I just swapped them. I'm actually a very small person. So 
I tried your it, best. I thought it was going to be cool, and then Wes acted it out. <laughs> like, for everyone else, he's like, Aaron takes two swords, puts them in the mm-hmm. side of a head, and takes it off. Mm. And my, sorry, graphic content. <laughs> um, and then mine, I was like, yeah, you know what? My spells aren't working. I'm just going to go brute strength, forgetting what size I was. And he's like, all right, so your hit landed. Um, Sarah was really angry, and she just thwapped ah, her. I was like, oh, that sounds way less cool. <laughs> Did he make that noise? <laughs> it's probably best I'm not there. The wedding is fast approaching, and true, we don't want to risk it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, anyway, yeah. This is Sinister Sunrise. Yeah. I'm Morgan. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. Fine, fine. Oh my no, god. Silver Gazer here. I'm about to turn into a rocket and jet the fuck <laughs> up out of here. Woo! Anyways, um, episode 73. 73. And Sarah has our game. I do. Alright, so we are doing um like a Skittles challenge. Skittles? So I love Skittles! Me too. So we're gonna be blindfolded and okay. we're just gonna get, you know, six Skittles. They're gonna taste them. <gasps> And tell us what color mm. you think it is. Oh, I love this! I do not have. What's the word? There's a final. There's a literal, like power, like a tongue power. A tongue mm. power. That blindfolded people can literally taste the difference between different M and M's because, like, there's the whole thing is that they they taste the same. Exactly. Photo, final, final. I'm going to look it up while we... But I feel like they don't taste the same. But also, I use my eyes as well. So I'm exactly. going to find out. Exactly. Yeah. Because Skittles, I'm going to be... Because with the M&M's, isn't it all about, like, the color that you see? And yes. that's how you, like, I think perceive, like, the taste. Well, technically, yeah. if you think about it, M&M's do taste the same. Like, have you ever had an M&M that, like... Okay, if we have Skittles... Well, purple, M&M's do, yeah. Purple M&M's is do. gross. And I, like, I mean, I eat them first because it's the least favorite. But, like, out of M&M's, I'm like, I don't care. Bring them on. Yeah. Because M&M's are just chocolate. They just have that But these people, if they can literally, Skittles. whatever it is, they can taste the colored dye. Like, no one is supposed to be able to do that, and mm. they can taste the color. Are they mermaids? I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to play, and I'm going to look up the word. Cool. So I'll do Morgan. Clavin thought this one up, actually. It's a disorder. Mm. Synesthesia. Shut up. Synesthesia. Okay. S-Y-N-E-S-T-H-E-S-I-A. People can really taste the rainbow. Taste colors. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. And it sounds like sinister. Synesthesia. Synesthesia. It is a condition known as synesthesia can taste, shapes, or smell color. And when these people work in the food industry, it can radically redefine flavor profiles. So like a square piece of fish may taste amazing with a yellow lemon that is round. We don't know. I don't know. I don't have this, so. We're going to find out if any of us do. (laughs) BRB! Oh my god, you scared me. (laughs) I was like, who? Morgan thinks I have a ghost in my house. You do. The poopery just flew off the back of the toilet. Maybe he stole me a snack. (laughs) <laughs> I just peed, bro. That's rude. Fuck. Actually, 
if you're an old timey person, I bet you we would smell bad to them. We'd probably smell like really chemically, maybe earthy. Yeah, we don't got no stank to us. You're right. They got. We're recording. I shouldn't be eating. They taste good together, though. They yeah. taste even better when you can see them and actually know what flavor. Well, I say next the time we try them, then it's not going to be good. Yeah. Oh, synesthesia is the word, in case we edited that out. Yeah. <laughs> Taste colors. It's me. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. It goes Morgan, yeah. Aaron, me. Oh. Yeah. Sarah and I had to go into a tiebreaker. Can someone bring this to you, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Put it in there so I wouldn't forget. Yes, Sarah and Aaron had to go into a tiebreaker because they both got one. One. Go both got one in the first round. Yep. And I got free. Which one did I get right? You got purple, red, and green right. Oh, so my favorite and my two least favorite. What did I get right for the first round? You got yellow. So literally I got different ones right for the other one. Yep. 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 Don't know my colors. <laughs> oh man, I really did. All right. Switch them. Mm-hmm. All right. But I know now purple doesn't taste like anything. That one purple I don't. Purple Makes sense why I like them so much. Ruins everything. I like red. Orange. Yellow. It's my favorite. I don't know what I like anymore. <laughs> I mean, truly. All right. So. Here we go. Episode 73. <clears throat> Got some Skittles in my throat. <clears> throat> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. My part of the Eminem song. Ah, whoever does that. Oh. Yeah. That sounded like. <laughs> I can't do that. I have to listen to the song because now I don't know. That had to be close. Go crazy. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Okay. I didn't All right. That's all I think. Anyway. So. I wanted to try and find a haunted location that was a little different, and I got more than I bargained for. A haunted cave led to a haunted county. Whoa. Oh. Here we go. Okay. So today, I am bringing you haunted Calaveras. 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 C-A-L-A-V-E-R-A-S. Calaveras. Varus. Calaveras. Yep. Haunted sea. Okay. Calaveras was incorporated in 1850. Fun fact, it is named after the Spanish word for skull. Hmm. So it's probably Calaveras. Anyway. Part of the history here is that it was part of the gold rush and, uh, like, in that whole area. Okay. So, and this leads to our first spooky stop. Ooh. Ooh. Gold Digger Saloon. (laughs) (laughs) It was previously a hotel with a brothel upstairs. Shocking, I know. Ooh. Uh, Whether the stories of the spooky sightings are real, the history is rich as it has been around since 1850s. Around the 1850s. Mm-hmm. And is said to be have been visited by Mark Twain. He is very prevalent in this area. Made many a pit stop. Okay. So yeah, oh. uh, they are. It is said that at the saloon you can see people like smoking cigars that aren't really there. Blah blah blah. Normal spirits. But we've got a lot of ground to cover, so we're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your questions. Yeah. 
There are many hotels in the area, um, but there are three that GoCalaveras.com calls out. And so here we go. Murphy's Historic Hotel. It has been open since 1856 and hosted presidents, authors, and many others. CalaverasEnterprise.com states that they are some of that there are some permanent residents. Quote, two mischievous little boys, a sobbing chambermaid, a stomping gold miner, and a shadowy figure in a wide-brimmed hat. End quote. Guests hear voices laughing and even reportedly get their toes pulled while they're sleeping. No, thank no. you. Yeah, not no, at don't all. Don't touch me while I'm asleep. Thank you. While I'm awake, we can talk, we can do whatever. Mm-mm. Sleep is me time. Sleep is me time. Like, yes, correct. Room nine is said to be the most active. The main spirit is said to be the crying chambermaid. Poor lady, even in her afterlife, she's still like, this job sucks. I can't yeah. stop crying. Yeah. Um, she did sadly die in a fire in the late 19th century. Guests are said to say, quote, you should maybe check on the woman upstairs. She's been crying for a really long time. Oh, there's a woman on the balcony. <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> this lady doesn't sound heartbroken. She's, no. she's in pain. I'm sorry. Aww. I'm sorry, chambermaid. The CalaverasEnterprise.com site lists more experiences, and if you're interested, I will link the TripAdvisor page listed where people leave all of their experiences. Um, one person wrote very passionately multiple paragraphs about how they were thoroughly convinced that there was a ghost in their two rooms. They had one with their them and their partner, their spouse, and then in the other room next door was their children, and they were like all asleep. And in the children's room, there was a rocking chair that they had tested earlier, and it was very difficult to rock. And they were asleep in their bed and heard the chair rocking and went in to check, and the children were asleep. Oh. Okay. So take that as you will. <clears throat> hotel 2 is <laughs> the Hotel Ledger. L with a little umla or whatever it's called over the top, G-E-R. Originally called Hotel de France, was basically a shack in, the, in 1851, and a town fire came through in 1854, took it all down. Oh. Oh. And while being renovated, it was again destroyed by another fire in 1874. Someone should stop putting fires <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> and then finally rebuilt again. There are some known spirits. Um, I'm going to reference the same, like, two sites because they were just very informative. So, GoCalaveras.com says, quote, The ghost of George Ledger. So, I'm um, not going to lie. I think he was just, like, the person who started it, built it, named it, all that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I would definitely name it after myself. Oh, yeah. Saloon. Sarah Loon. Oh. Saloon. <laughs> saloon. Turn the podcast off. We're starting a saloon. Oh my god, our special is lunch money. Shut mm. up. Shut up. <laughs> wow. In case you all didn't know, Sarah's last name is Lun, and apparently some people can't know don't understand that. And Loon has come about. Loon. Sarah's yes. a Looney Tune. No, that's what happened since I was a kid. I also used to get Lynn. I wanna be like, Loon, I could maybe wrap my head around. There's two wins on you, like maybe something weird's happening. Lynn, you're just putting you're putting letters that don't belong. They're there. just yeah. putting a Y hmm. instead of a U. I also yeah. had a teacher who used to put Sarah Lee on a lot of my papers, and she's like, Sarah what? Sarah Lee, like the Lee? snacks. 
like the bread? Yeah. She's like, maybe I was just eating. I don't know. I did it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Your middle name was Sarah Lee Lund. That's Andrew's middle name. Lee? Mm-hmm. I was oh. trying to get him to take my last name. So it be Andrew Leland. I mean, no offense. Like, when the name, like, is, you kind of have to have a real short middle name. Fair like, enough. You don't, but thank God his parents chose that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you imagine filling out those, like, aptitude tests, all the bubbles? Like, yep. Andrew, Napoleon, Clavrin. <laughs> the the third. <laughs> Twice removed. <laughs> <laughs> Junior. Anyways. And senior at the same time. Correct. Um, so this ghost of George has been seen wandering the saloon and many hotel rooms, end quote. Another is a woman crying for her child and a child playing. So I don't know if this woman is the parent of that child and just can't see him, which is really sad. Yeah. Or if it's just two separate individuals. But, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, guests have also reported odd occurrences with fireplaces in their rooms. It did not extend past that. I don't know what that means, whether it be like they start on their own. I don't know. It just said odd occurrences. Or is it like the song in, um... Hunchback of Notre Dame. It was like, Hellfire. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen Hellfire Notre Dame in probably 15 years. It's been a long uh, time since I've seen that movie. Basically, the mean priest, monk, whatever, mm-hmm. arch dick bag he is. <laughs> he's literally like, I'm as hot as Miranda. And he sings this whole song about, like, come. I think it's like, if she won't have him, he's going to send her to hell. Something like that. I think that movie's a lot darker than we thought. No, oh, I watched 100%. it again a couple years ago, and I was like, holy, holy smokes. Holy fire. Holy fire. But, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe it's... He's oh. seeing people dancing on the fire. Maybe it's a Harry Potter move, and you see a face come out of the ashes. That would Ooh. be enough for me, honestly. I'd, like, done. Okay, real. you want Bob to come out of the walls here. You want to see a face in the fire. Pick what you want to be proved, Sarah. <laughs> Just <wanted> to- <laughs> The ghosts are confused. They don't know how to make you happy. Yes. Jesus. Giving mixed signals. Sarah wants nothing more than to see a ghost, but she's being very demanding and picky with how she's going to be seeing them. So, and changing her mind. I feel personally Good. Advised. Good. Bob, throw the potpourri again if you're mad at Sarah. Yeah. What if we just heard a fucking... <laughs> yeah, again, I'd be amazing. like, that's all I need. I'm oh, done I just asking. got chills. Done asking. I'm scared. Okay. Anyway. Bob, please don't throw the potpourri at me again. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the fireplaces and shoes have been moved from, like, by the bed all the way across the room. It's like, the fuck? Don't take my shoes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in a hotel room, like, leave my shit alone. Yeah. I need those for later. Uh, great. <laughs> what are you going to use them for? Yeah. Especially because you're leaving them in the room. Like, you're not even going anywhere. Maybe they already oh, came maybe back. they went to go get ice. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the final hotel, again... Summarized and brought by GoCalaveras.com is the Dorrington Hotel. Now, being used as an inn currently and is said to be home to the ghostly figure of Rebecca Dorrington Gardner. Quote, whether it was lights flickering or shadowy figures being seen or furniture being moved, Rebecca's presence was commonly reported by hotel guests. End quote. Hmm. So regardless, maybe these aren't very like specific or, you know, they're quick little notes. That's a lot of haunted hotels in one area. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. yeah. Uh, And yeah, so, and again, as mentioned, there are many other locations in Calaveras County that are said to be haunted. But I'm going to end with my original search, the cave. The cave. 
the cave here is the Moaning Cavern. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> While Why? some may say the cave is just eerie due to legends, this cave holds a history that is quite spooky. This is the site of some of the oldest human remains in America. Oh. Yeah. From prehistoric remains to a gold miner's haven in 1851, this cave has held it uh, held its name with the scary moaning sound that comes from within. <laughs> Sorry. One man's trash, another man's treasure. <laughs> there is also a legend <laughs> that I think GoCalabaris.com sums up perfectly. Are you, yes. Are you done? Mm-hmm. You're not. You're going to be scared when I tell you this story, so. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm focused. Please, Native American people, do not get mad at me for mispronouncing this word. Miwok Native Americans, who knew of Moaning Cavern, used to tell children that a rock monster named Yayali, who lived in the cave, was responsible for the mournful moaning sound. If little ones went too close to the entrance, the monster would capture and devour them. Oh no. End quote. While this story was more than likely to protect the children from possibly falling into the cavern, what's to say that those who sadly did fall down haven't left? Ooh. Eerie. And that is... Whoa. Haunted oh. Calaveras. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please take that out. Everyone, that is... everyone just jumps. <laughs> Wes, wait, take that out. Wait, dig that out. That is Haunted Calaveras. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to make it that loud. I'm sorry. I probably scared the shit out of Wes. Someone's driving and like, what the fuck? They were saying those air, there's a mini car They seem to all be subscribing to a podcast called Sinister Sun. Oh, we got it. With our love, it's like a different podcast on accident. Like, no. Son of a Come on. <laughs> Sinister sisters? Yeah. Listen. Sinister spirits? Spirits that are sinister? Yeah, close enough. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's next? Me. Fern. Oh, yeah. Yes. She, she knows her colors more than you. Not really, though. Oh, I didn't even think how this is kind of on brand for June. What? All the colors are rainbow. It's Pride Month. Yes. Oh, it is. You held just a yellow and a green, so I was like, You really did, too. I didn't know what you were going with at first. We are eating Skittles! We love! Taste the rainbow! They're in cups. Well, this one only has one. This one has a lot. Another one. I do have something quick, though. So, the story that you covered, Morgan, in episode 71... The exorcism of Annalise. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do a full story on it. Okay, there, that's yeah. okay. No, no, no. There wasn't enough. Aaron, I'm eating in the last Skittle in this cup because you're making me so excited. Okay. Okay. So I found some information out Ooh. about the trial and turns out that not only were the priests charged, but the parents were too. So oh. they were all charged with negligence. Yeah. So they were charged with negligence resulting in homicide. And basically, fast forward at the end of the trial, they were all found guilty. They were, like, sentenced, according to historyofyesterday.com, to, like, six months in prison. But those quickly changed to, like, three years of probation because the yeah. state prosecutor ruled that everyone had suffered enough. They were like... Okay, you know what, Aaron? 
God bless you for looking that up because I'm pissed because the site that I found that on made it sound like the like the priest was the only one found guilty. Yes, they hint, they touched on the six months versus three years probation thing, but like yeah. they never said the parents. Yes. Ugh. It sounded confusing with different things, but I was like, okay, this makes more sense. Like that's mm-hmm. why they were all standing at the same bench or whatever. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I called the picture okay. and I was like, that was weird. Yeah. So they were all Thank you. So, charged. That makes sense. But then they got off with just probation. But, I mean, it makes sense. Thank you so much. In case you need no a problem. summary, I covered an exorcism where the young girl who was being exorcised sadly passed away after six to seven exorcisms for, like, four hours apiece all day every – or four hours, like, multiple times a week. So it was a lot. I can understand the charges. Yes. <sighs> Thank you so much for covering that. Wow. Yeah, no problem. Ooh, I, double I was crime, trying. Double no, crime. again, I was thinking like, oh, maybe this will be my story, and I was like, oh, this is way too short. No, so, I would lose it. if she closed the thing. Like that's it. <laughs> that was my long one this week, guys. Okay, now your turn, Sarah. <laughs> your story. <story's laughs> sure. You ready to go? <laughs> no, I have a different one. Okay. I will be covering the case of the Lethal Lovers. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Lethal <laughs> Lovers. Yes. Spicy. <laughs> Kathy Wood grew up in Comstock Park, Michigan, to a conservative family. Her father was an alcoholic and wasn't involved in her life. Her mother was controlling and didn't seem interested in her daughter or what she did at all. As she got older, Kathy was bullied for her size, and she felt isolated from her family and peers. Kathy. The only person she really felt loved and comforted by was a girl named Debbie. The two hit it off and began dating. <laughs> Their relationship was going well until Kathy's mom found out about it. Oh, no. How old is she? So, Kathy right now, like, a tween, I would say. Like, she's in high school. Yeah. Go after what you want. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, she obviously hadn't told her family she was dating a girl. Mm -hmm. Knowing how her family would react to a same-sex relationship, she told them she was dating a boy named David. Her mom had gone over to what she assumed was David's house, and when she saw that David was actually Debbie, she was seething. Oh, oh. She told Kathy that if she continued dating Debbie, she was going to admit her to a mental institution. <gasps> that was a reason to go at the time. So exactly. The opposite of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great parenting right there. Not oh at all. Oh, my God. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. When Kathy was 17 years old, she met Ken Wood, a line worker for a local auto plant. After a few months of dating, Kathy discovered she was pregnant. When she told Ken the news, he proposed to her on the spot, and the two married a year later after their daughter was born. Okay. Okay. Kathy and Ken, that sounds sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. Marital bliss didn't seem to be in the cards for Kathy, though. Ken drank a lot, like her father, and since he was working... Kathy was tasked to stay at home and take care of their kid. She never really left the house much, but in the summer of 1985, she became fed up with her routine and decided to get a job. Cool. Okay, good for you, girl. Yeah. At 24 years old, she was hired as a nursing assistant at Alpine Manor Nursing Home in Walker, Michigan. Ooh, that sounds spooky. She... Anything with a manor. Oh, the manor. It's the manor. Yeah. It's the manor of the thing. Is it old people? <laughs> Is it just a regular hospital? It's a nursing home. How did I know? It's mm-hmm. the... Manor. Ooh, Sarah. Ha 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 ha. We all have What talent. if I laughed like that? I would still be your, I would, I'd still be your You'd friend. be more of my friend? 100% we'd still hang like, out. I would be trying to be like, how can I be as funny as possible? 
What's it gonna take? <laughs> Ooh, instead, I laugh like a dying cat. Ew. <laughs> my yeah, I don't like my laugh either, but I love it. <laughs> Aaron, you have a very distinct laugh. I love it. If oh, I'm no. in a crowd, I know Aaron's laugh. That's true. Moving on. <laughs> oh lord. So, Kathy really enjoyed her job. And, you know, the other nurses that worked there. Yeah. She soon discovered that many of her coworkers were sleeping together. These women were very open about their sexuality, which intrigued Kathy since obviously all of her life, she had to keep, you know, that part of her bottled up. What a weird place to do it though. Right? I wouldn't actually never mind. Go ahead. Oh. Well, I was going to say if it's an old person home, that's weird. But then I realized in my sex ed class in college, the second most population on the rise for STDs is the elderly. Yeah. Mm. But also, you know, it must be that smell of Bengay in the morning that really gets them going. Oh, let's get it out. Yeah. I had to. I'm so sorry. Take it back. (laughs) Good for these nurses. They got, they're getting laid. They're getting money. Like, let's go. Laid and paid, mama. (laughs) Laid and paid. (laughs) Yes, beach. Exactly. So she started going to the Carousel, a local gay bar with her coworkers, instead of heading home after work. Yes. And she even began having an affair with one of her fellow nursing Ooh, aides. Kathy. Saucy. Mm-hmm. Kathy met 23-year-old Gwendolyn Graham after a terminally ill patient had died. Gwen had stayed by the patient's bedside until she had passed away. And she went into the bathroom to cry, and seeing this, Kathy went to comfort her. The two became friends after that and would hang out when they were both scheduled for night shifts. Kathy also bonded with Gwen because they had both um, experienced very rough upbringings. So Gwen was raised by her abusive father on his small farm in Texas. He would force Gwen to watch him slaughter chickens and pigs at a very young age. And from what I've watched and what I've read, I believe she was also made to do these tasks as well. According to Oxygen's Snapped Killer Couples episode on the case, if Gwen refused, her father would stick her head in a toilet and flush it multiple times as punishment. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to say something like, I mean, that's bad, but I, yeah. I don't know why, but my brain went really dark. I know yeah. it's so swirly, but wouldn't it feel like waterboarding, kind of? I think like it basically the, is, yeah. Yeah, all the water is just getting up in your... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not good. Not good, not good. Like, it's a, it's a swirly, but, like, it's a parent with a child, so it's just yeah. fucking abuse. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very. Wow. Yes. So she started to self-harm by burning herself with cigarettes. Yeah. Once she turned 18, though, she moved out of her father's place to get a fresh start. As she was traveling, she met different women and had these, like, fleeting casual relationships. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, honey. Yes. In 1986, Gwen's girlfriend at the time received a job offer in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Gwen decided to move along with her. Mm-hmm. Gwen liked helping people and wanted to be a paramedic um, like when she was younger. So when she found an opening as a nurse's assistant at Alpine Manor, it seemed like a great fit for her. Kathy and Gwen's friendship quickly turned into a passionate love affair. And after three months of secretly dating, Kathy asked Ken for a divorce, giving him full custody of their daughter. Okay, uh, Kathy. You could at least do half and half, bro. Come on. I'm losing a little respect. I see the want, but um, hey, mm-hmm. hey. Come on. Let they are your children. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I will say, I'd like to point out, Kathy is 24 at this time. About. 
Just about, yes. Sounds like a very normal, healthy, aged relationship. For some, for people who have had a very rough past, they've yeah. found each other, yeah. and it seems very, aside from the whole cheating aspect and dropping your kid, it's mm-hmm. good for them. Yeah. yeah. She also had her kid when she was 17, 18. That's a whole other thing, too. So. Yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago, but still not great. Still not great. Holy mm-hmm. vey. Gwen ended up dumping her girlfriend and moved into an apartment with Cassie, uh, Kathy, excuse me, where she introduced her to BDSM. Oh, no. So during sex, she would tie Kathy down and choke her or cover her face with a pillow until she almost passed out. Interesting. I want to retract my, oh, no, sorry. That's, if you're into it, you're into it. I meant, like, if you're not aware of it, it can be kind of scary. Yes. That's what I meant, sorry. Yes. Like, one of the articles I was reading was, like, if she didn't like it, she didn't say anything about it, basically. So their relationship was pretty intense, to say the least. Yeah. According to their coworkers, the couple would play very just, like, tasteless pranks, such as hiding under patients' beds and, like, <laughs> grabbing nurses' ankles as they walked by. Oh, my God! Mm-hmm. Bitch, we at work! Yes. Get together! Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sarah's dying! That one's not that bad. I would piss myself if someone did that. I mean, I would pee a little, but... Oh, like... yeah. I mean, get I, something me. tells me she's going on to say they do much worse. We're sitting here looking at each other, and if if it was kind of, like Aaron was just telling her story, and you would bah like, and I would scream like I am the, so jumpy. So what everyone else listening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a certain someone in my life, <clears throat> Joe, who loves to scare me, and he's like, "How did I scare you? I was right by you," and I was like, "Because you were up against the wall over there," and then all of a sudden I hear in my ear. Yeah, it scared me. When I lived with <sighs> my parents still, I don't know what it was. It was just like our thing. We would just like scare each other. Whoever could scare the other, like out to get you the next time. And it was so funny because our friend Carly came over and we were just drinking like on the driveway and Carly went in to use like the bathroom. <gasps> and my mom almost scared Carly. Like she thought it was me. So she was like creeping around and Carly spied on her. And she came back outside and she was like, so your mom just like looking at me and she was like, oh, where's Aaron? And I told her you're outside. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I think she was trying to scare you. I cannot believe that that's one of the only times that you had a negative outcome by choosing to scare each other Literally as the a only family. time. Yeah. We do it all the time. My ass would scare random people all the time. Then. This is why she's so calm and cool under pressure. You're fucking right. Yeah. You've been trained like a Navy SEAL. She's I highly doubt that's really. what they do. But Mm-mm. fucking your job. Mm-mm. She was the one scaring everybody. Fuck. This is a safe space, Aaron. Do you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> Not she's, today. She's stuffed it deep down. Okay. It's okay. I have, We're here yes. for you. Ooh. Ooh, like a deep dish pizza. Doesn't that sound so good? Are you okay? I haven't had dinner. <laughs> oh, no. Mmm. Stuffing that deep like a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. There were also times they would become extremely jealous of each other. One night at the gay bar, Gwen beat up a woman that was flirting with Kathy. Whoa, Gwen! Mm-hmm. Another time, the couple got into an argument that turned physical, and it ended with Gwen dragging Kathy to their bedroom by her hair. That's like that's not the AFC. That's just that's my hair. Yeah. I yeah. never get how your hair can stay in your follicles like that. I feel like, Ugh, y'all, I that wash like my hair and I feel like half my hairs fall out. Can you, I cannot. 
Oh, God. Like, even when I'm trying to get, like, a ponytail out that's stuck, like, yeah. that hurts. Yeah. I couldn't imagine someone just, like, taking all of my hair and pulling me. Hence why I was thinking if mermaids need it, because would it not be more tangled from the water and the wind? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, well, if they do have hair, I bet it's, like, really fine and really soft, though. Ooh, ooh. Okay. But, like, the sea clear. salt? Maybe it's clear, like, you can't even see it. That'd be pretty cool. Okay. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Clay doesn't work tonight. No one's telling me to go to bed. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> I call you at three. Hey, Morgan. So here's, here's what I've concluded. <laughs> okay, ma'am. I've done a bit more research. <laughs> on absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> here's research, what I found. I mean, I've looked at every possible weird thing that could occur, and I've said, mm, fuck it. Here's what I think. Aliens. <laughs> when winter came around, their relationship was put on the back burner because it was all hands on deck at Alpine Manor. Okay. The nursing home began experiencing a high rate of patient deaths and nurses oh. were having to work overtime. Oh. By summer of 1987, a newly hired nursing assistant named Heather Berger had caught Gwen's attention. <laughs> she was pretty... Blonde and a former cheerleader, and Kathy noticed that Gwen and Heather would flirt with each other when they were together. Uh, oh no. They just seemed to have this instant connection. Gwen began having an affair with Heather, and Kathy caught them one day. This led to a huge fight, and Kathy chased Gwen out, telling her she would pay for what she did. Gwen broke up with Kathy, and shortly after that, she quit working at Alpine Manor along with Heather, and the two of them moved to Tyler, Texas. Oh, shoot. Bye. Yeah. Hey, Gwen's like kind of a bitch. Yeah. Gwen was doing like the hair yanking to the room, right? Yes. Bye. Yeah. Go yeah. Texas. And she did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. Yes. The hair too. I just yes. can't get over. I can't. No. Not the hair pulling. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's not the end of the story though, of course. So on October 8th, 1988, Ken Wood... Kathy's ex-husband, walked into the Grand Rapids police station and told officers he needed to report a string of crimes that his ex-wife, Kathy, had committed. According to Ken, 10 months after Kathy had left him, she showed up on his doorstep unannounced. She told Ken that she had gotten into a huge fight with Gwen and was wondering if she could spend the night. He wasn't going to let her at first, but he thought that something more than a fight was bothering her. I'm honestly not sure if Ken asked her what was wrong or if Kathy was all in her feels and wanted to get stuff off her chest. But either way, she revealed that she had helped Gwen kill five patients at Alpine Manor Whoa. in 1987. Whoa. Yeah, you can't stay here. Okay, but I did right? something. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. So, like, when the spike of deaths, they mm-hmm. were the spike of death? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, yes. I'm not doing good. Police weren't sure what to make of Ken's story, so they contacted Alpine Manor to see if there had been any suspicious deaths in the past year. They learned that there had been a total of 40 patient deaths from January to April of 1987, but the nursing home staff had determined that these patients died from natural causes. Wait, I was gonna say, say the time again? So it's from, like, four months, basically. January to April of 1987. But do you know, like, the average amount of deaths? I'm not, not sure. 40. From what... From what I've, like, watched and read, it, like, fluctuates. Okay. Because I'm sure there's, like, like, if we take COVID, for example, or something. Yeah, like, something yeah. comes around, then I'm sure. Flu season. Yes, like, flu yeah, season, okay. stuff like that. I'm sure it, like, goes up and down. It was winter, too, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's, 
they kind of brush it off and it's we're like a month okay which is two a week yeah i'm happy i'm young and what's next police were given permission to look at kathy's and gwen's records along with the records of the patients that had died and when they started going through these files they discovered that the story again uh ken excuse me told may have actually been true Uh-oh. so one of the wildest parts of ken's story that i haven't mentioned yet was the fact that Kathy and Gwen didn't randomly select their victims. They killed certain patients based off of their initials in an attempt to spell out the word murder. I've heard of these people. What? I've heard mm-hmm. of them. What? Mm-hmm. You're fucking kidding me. This is real? Nope. Yeah, this is real. This is the Bad American Horror Story based their... Uh... Yes, Roanoke. Yeah, Roanoke, Roanoke off of. Didn't see it. Not my favorite you season. Didn't yeah, it, you did not miss it. No, it's not First good. half was grand. Is that the one where it's like filmed like a reality show? Yeah. Yes, it starts off great and then it just like crashed and burned and it took a weird turn. Okay. It did. Was not a fan. Okay. The first suspicious patient death occurred on January 18th, 1987. 60-year-old Marguerite Chambers was found unconscious in a room by a floor nurse just before 8 a.m. EMTs attempted to revive her but were unsuccessful. They determined that she had stopped breathing sometime in the middle of the night. However, something about Marguerite's passing never sat well with the nursing home staff and her family. She did have Alzheimer's, but she was, like, physically healthy and, like, pretty content. Mm -hmm. No one was expecting her to die soon at all. She was just vibing. Yes. Yeah. Jan Hunderman, Marguerite's daughter, was interviewed on Oxygen's License to Kill, where she recalled visiting her mom before her passing and noticed her face was a little dirty. When she went to wash her mom's face with a washcloth, Marguerite became, like, extremely frightened. Like, her eyes were bugging, wide-eyed. Jan knew that something, like, bad must have happened to her mom, but she never got any answers from staff regarding why her mom was so scared. Oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. According to an encyclopedia of modern serial killers by Michael Newton, the murder game the so-called murder game, Gwen and Kathy had been playing, appeared to have been dropped when some patients actually fought back. They decided to go after patients that were too sick and frail to defend themselves. Some of their colleagues claimed to have heard the couple brag about killing patients, but they assumed it was just another one of their sick pranks that they pulled. But yet then the person really died, so how is that a prank? But okay. Yeah, I don't know if they really, like, named anyone or if they were just, like, you know what I mean? There's, like, oh. Or, like, blah, blah, died. Yeah, we killed them. That, like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, not good Because it seems like, yeah. Yeah. You never want to think the person sitting next to you is a murderer as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry. She scoots away. It's fine. Scoot closer. (laughs) Other patients whose deaths appeared suspicious included 98-year-old Edith Cook, 95-year-old Myrtle Lace, 74-year-old Belle Burkard, and 79-year-old May Mason, whose granddaughter, Stephanie Scruggs, told License to Kill that her grandmother would tell her how afraid she was of living in Alpine Manor and that someone was trying to kill her. No. Yeah. And she also had Alzheimer's, so it's like, what do you believe? I have to call something out. Um. They had a lot of M's, but they... Thank you. I was yes. kind of like, the letters yeah. don't... But that's when they stopped the game, because they couldn't... Like, they were trying to spell out murder, but then when they Not went to get... Well. It was with the patient's initials. So they were trying to base so it off So they have of, to do M completion... 
you are yes so they were attempting to and then they found out that was going to be too hard so then they said screw it i'm gonna say right now out of the three of us sarah is the only one who's safe so thanks a lot mom murder yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. bye murders Oh, no, oh, you're not. You're back in. Smurders. <laughs> you're not safe. Smurder. <laughs> oh, no. Officers decided to bring Kathy to the Grand Rapids Police Station, where she was questioned for several hours by Walker PD investigator Thomas J. Freeman, but she didn't confess to committing any murders. In fact, she completely denied Ken's story and played it off like what she had told her ex-husband was a joke that he had taken too literally, Weird, tough crowd. Weird flex, but okay. Mm -hmm. Freeman took a different approach and told Kathy that investigators had found evidence of foul play in the patient's hospital records. This was complete bullshit, but he wanted to see how Kathy would react. Mm -hmm. And once she heard that, she changed her tune. Oh Oh, no! What an idiot! (laughs) Smurder. Smurder. Smurder, she wrote. Oh, yes. no. oh no. All over the files. <laughs> <laughs> she told Freeman that actually, yeah, that murders had happened not long after her and Gwen had moved in together and that she had been involved. However, she claimed that Gwen was the evil mastermind uh-huh, while she had been reluctant to participate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. According to Kathy's version of events, she had come across Gwen smothering Marguerite with a washcloth. Gwen told her she did it as a favor so that the woman wouldn't have to suffer anymore. Um, no. Thanks. Uh-huh. Gwen actually admitted to attempting to suffocate Marguerite a few days before that and assumed the woman had died, but she found out an hour later that she was actually still breathing. Hell yeah. Oh, no yeah. wonder she's scared as fuck. Exactly. Yes. Kathy said Gwen seemed to get off from killing Marguerite. She even saw Gwen take one of the red balloons that Marguerite's family had given to her during their visit just the day before. Later that evening, Gwen, who still seemed excited by the killing, tied Kathy to their bed and had sex with her. With the red balloon? Oh, God. I hope not. I have no idea. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I was like, that's a keepsake I don't ever want to think about. But I mean, still. They did that. The next morning, Gwen told Kathy they were both going to kill a patient as proof of their love for each other. If they went through with what she called their love pact, they wouldn't be able to leave each other. And if one of them ever did, then the one who was dumped, I guess, could report the other to authorities. That didn't work out. Lazy Mm. loving. (sighs) Kathy told Freeman she went along with the murders because she was afraid of losing Gwen and she didn't want to find out what would happen to her if she didn't agree to the plan. Not good enough. Not good enough. Thank you. I'm Team Smorgan. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I'm saving you from being murdered. Okay, Smorgan. Serum. Serum. We've already concluded Sluts. I am. Smith. Saloon. 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 There was one time Kathy spotted a nurse walking towards the patient's room they were in, and she went out to talk to her and stall her while Gwen stayed in the room to kill the patient. After each kill, 
kill, excuse me, Gwen would take something of the patients as a trophy. Some of these included Edith's bracelet and a tiny dollhouse of maize, which she then brought back to their apartment and showcased on a shelf. Ew. Yeah. I would like to point out, I do have dollhouses in my house, but it is not for this reason. Yeah. Okay, again, no. and Aaron are the only safe ones, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Once they left the room, Gwen and Kathy would either enter an unused room at Alpine Manor or go home and immediately have sex. She said they came up with the idea of spelling out the word murder using their victim's initials from like this book in the nursing home that listed out the names of patients who had passed away. So they were hoping to spell out that word in the book without anyone like knowing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like a log. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Gross. Yeah. Investigators asked Kathy to take a polygraph, which she agreed to, but the results came back inconclusive. Okay. They weren't sure if Kathy was being entirely honest with them, so they decided to track Gwen down in Texas, where she worked in a children's ward at oh. a local hospital. Oh, no! Erin! Oh, no. Yes. You didn't ask her if there was any child? Oh, no! Oh. Okay. Yes. Anyways, <laughs> investigators arrived at her work and took her downtown for questioning. Similar to Kathy, Gwen denied everything, claiming Kathy was the one making everything up as a way to get back at her for dumping her. She also shed light on her relationship with Kathy, stating that their year-long relationship was never anything serious and was mostly sexual and physical in nature. Uh According to Gwen, Kathy had been the possessive one in the relationship, and she became jealous easily when Gwen talked to or paid the slightest amount of attention to another woman. Kathy always seemed to be afraid, basically, of Gwen leaving her for someone else. Gwen agreed to take a polygraph test, but her results were also inconclusive. (laughs) Abracadabra. (laughs) Throwing things around. So they had to let her go. Kathy. these girls know how to get through a polygraph so good? Because I feel like the moment they're like, I'm a lesbian, the cops are like, you're a what? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Get me out of here. Get my pay grade. I heard if I look lesbian in the eyes, my hair turns stone. Can't be in the same. Falls out like a mermaid. Whoa. Don't even get me on this track <laughs> if you're not ready for the midnight call. <laughs> oh! Kathy was asked to undergo another polygraph test, which, again, she agreed to. But her examiner this time around was way more experienced. Well, he had given over a thousand polygraphs, is what the Oxygen episode said. Wow. In his career. And you still... Yeah, all right. uh, y- yes, it's a polygraph. So eh, take that as you will. But after three hours of questioning, they determined that she had failed that test. Hmm. Freeman's superiors, however, believed Kathy was just lying about the entire story. Like they thought, like they thought when Ken came in, like he kind of gave the background about Kathy, and they couldn't, I don't know, really take him at his word or her at her word. Okay. So they were like, okay, she's just BSing the whole thing. Okay. But Freeman, however, didn't think so. He thought she was telling somewhat of the truth. Before Kathy left the station, he basically made her think he was like through with her, done playing her game. See you later. Bye. Three days later, Kathy broke down and called Freeman to confess. She came back to the station and said that she and Gwen, uh, Gwen had come up with a lover's pact together one night while lying in bed. For each patient they killed, they would add a day to their pact. Kathy had, like, written this poem out for Gwen where it said in one line, I love you forever. 
So once they began killing patients, that changed to, I love you forever in a day. I love you forever in two days. So on and so forth until they got to, I love you forever in five days. According- what about like for every flower you give me, I love you for another day? I think there was a better way. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, I don't want but to. Okay. I don't, yeah. For every day no. we bang. I mean, if that's how they like to spend their time, why can't it be that? Mm-hmm. Just bang more. You don't gotta kill anyone. Bang, bang, <laughs> bangity bang. Instead of bang, bang, bangity bang. Anyway, <laughs> terrible time for that. I'm so sorry. I think it was fantastic. I think it was. Yeah. Look, according to Ali Vander Hayden's piece for Oxygen.com, both Marguerite's and Edith's body uh, bodies were exhumed, but forensic pathologists couldn't find evidence to suggest that they had died from suffocation. Mm. However, and this is something I didn't know. Kathy's statements were enough to get their causes of death changed to homicide. Oh. So even though they don't have like physical evidence, circumstantial because evidence she, can change. Yeah. Because she confessed. Yes. Wow. So per her statement, and even though it's circumstantial, they can still change the cause of death to that. Shit. Which blew my mind. I didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Very crazy. So again, Interesting, though. He didn't find any physical evidence, but it was changed to homicide. After making her confession, Kathy was arrested for the murders of Marguerite Chambers and Edith Cook. Investigators traveled to Texas to arrest Gwen, but they discovered that her and Heather had fled. And APB was put out for the couple, but Freeman happened to just catch Gwen and Heather sitting at a stoplight in downtown (laughs) Tyler. (laughs) Yes. He arrested Gwen, and she was charged with five counts of murder. Shit. Prosecutors, again, didn't have any physical evidence against Gwen, so they decided to strike a deal with Kathy. She testified against her and pled guilty to one count of conspiracy and one count of second-degree murder for the death of Marguerite. Okay. Earning her a minimum of 20 and a maximum of 40 years in prison. Oh, whoa. Okay. That's quite a deal for someone you fucking hate. Yeah. Yes. But still. But not your life. And she's only, what, under 30 at this point? Yeah, under 30. So she could be out when she's 50. Yes. On September 9th, 1989, Gwen Graham went to trial where she pleaded not guilty for the murders of the five patients. Idiot. Her defense argued that the patients had died of natural causes the um, nursing home had said, and there was no evidence to suggest otherwise. Okay. The prosecution, however, claimed that Gwen was the ringleader to this lover's pact and was the one who convinced Kathy to help her in killing the patients. Prosecutors were able to also get Heather Berger, so her girlfriend at the time, to take the stand where she admitted that Gwen had confessed to killing (laughs) six patients at Alpine Manor. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you gone. Bitch, you gone. <laughs> Gwen was found guilty of all five murder charges and one count of conspiracy to murder. Mm-hmm. So she received, like, five consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. Darn. Darn the luck. Oh, just no. imagine her, like, oh, Heather's here for me, and then just, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Excuse ah. me, what? The Jaws music comes on. Literally. <laughs> Scratch of the record. Yes. So, Gwen is currently serving her life sentences at a women's correctional facility in Michigan, where she continues to claim her innocence. Uh-huh. According to Casey Baker's People.com article, 
Authorities believe Kathy and Gwen, who were referred to as the lethal lovers, may have killed up to 12 patients at Ooh. Alpine Manor. Because the letter said 12 days, forever in 12 days. Oh, God. Not sure about that. <laughs> but I know, like, in the episode I watched, they were really looking at eight patients, and then they narrowed down to five. But who's to oh, say Oh, to, like, that weren't... they could, like, get better... that seemed i would say the most suspicious out of all of them okay but yeah who's to say there's not more who knows some actually suspect that kathy played a bigger part in the murders than she let on to investigators Mm Hmm. yes we're looking at pictures of yes (laughs) no that's gwen on the left kathy (laughs) on the right wait are you sure yes correct gwen is on the left kathy's on the right 100 percent yes so kathy's the blonde kathy is the blonde yes Oh, yeah, because Kathy would. Yeah, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like Gwen said, like this with her lip. Mm-hmm. Damn bitch. Damn, Damn bitch. She did not make herself look any more innocent. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. There's yeah. sunglasses on, too. Like, okay. Mm. So some people, like true crime author Lowell Caulfield, believe Kathy planned the first murder after finding Gwen with another woman and wanted to make sure Gwen wouldn't leave her. So there's, there's like, big debates. It's so crazy because it's a she said, she said type of case. Right. Like, who was the ringleader? Were you both in it? Mm-hmm. Did this actually happen? Like, who knows? It's really crazy. Yeah, I feel like they're adding, like, more to the mix all the they time. They are. They're adding all these extra things, so it's, like, what they actually really happened. They really we were going to get away with everything. I, yeah, I don't know. It was wild. Wow. Researching it. Um, today... Kathy Wood is actually out of prison. She was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's what others are saying, too. She was eligible for parole in 2005 and was denied eight times until Ooh. she was ultimately released on January 16th, 2020, which... <laughs> so she brought Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> which, technically, I think she was getting out this year anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she got out just a little bit early. What a terrible time to go into our economy, though. Like, and good luck. And yeah. I'm not going to have a job. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, because I watched, like, two Oxygen episodes, I will say the license, they were both very different. So, like, the Killer Couples was more about the case and, like, Gwen and Kathy. Okay. But the License to Kill episode was more about, like, it was still the case, but more about, like, the families. There were more people, like, being interviewed about the case that were involved. So, like, they were pissed and they were trying to like keep kathy in there for like her entire sentence and then it didn't work so it was just really upsetting to watch them talk about it i bet yeah Mm -hmm. she now lives in fort mill south carolina with her sister and she is mandated to stay away from children the elderly and other vulnerable adults so let's hope she does oh no i'm so shocked good she needs to live in that house forever and never come out yeah i know because again like Kathy, where's still they're serial killers. Where's your yeah. kid, Kathy? What what happened, Kathy? Oh yeah. You just gave up for your life to go to prison. I mean, Ooh, let me see if, if you're I not happy, it. if you're not happy with your husband. I just imagine a melodramatic scene like living with you is worse than prison. I'd rather go. There was this little bit on Wikipedia, and I didn't really get anything from Wikipedia, but um, it's that, so her daughter's name is Jackie, and apparently her daughter in 2019 called into the Howard Stern show Whoop. to talk about her mom's story. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Damn, Jackie! It's Can't like, control yeah. the weather! 
It said she stayed on the air for about like 10 minutes talking about it. How crazy. Damn, Jackie, you can't control your mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is the case of the Lethal Lovers, Happy Wood and Gwen Graham. Okay. I'm pissed. It's crazy. Well, isn't that also, so sorry, I'm about to knock that cup over. It's just so sad because like you think about these older individuals who are sick and are ill and they're going to die eventually, but they could they're have been around. They're just vibing. Let them live their life. They could have been around for a bit longer and you or took had, like, that a away. Or nicer existence. Yeah. Or, you, you know, made not it been murdered. Yeah. You made it so much more worse. All right. You guys ready? Yep, yep, yep. I'm scared. Okay. So, do you remember our little Albert experiment last week? Yes. Okay. Wait. Little Albert? Little Albert? Don't do this Which to me. Don't loon one me. It's, Al- <laughs> it's Albert. Um, so, I realized I may not have done John Watson any services in the way I described him. So, this week, we we're going to discuss the man, the myth, the heartthrob, John B. Watson. Yes. So, picture here. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, look at this man. Mm, I see. Oh, oh look, it was <laughs> yeah, he was oh, loading, so it was white. a white screen. Oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't Silver let him fuck. Up, I wouldn't let him fuck up my kid, but like, okay. He's not what you expect, right? No, I was kind of expecting like not for this like is glasses. Young, this like is young him, him to help you. Oh. But then he glowed up. I, I okay, would say George Clooney. I yeah, what's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Watson. What's his first name? John. Okay, John Watson. So he lived a pretty interesting and scandalous life. So today I'm basically just going to share the psychology tea with you guys. Mm. Okay. Um, so our Mr. Watson was born on January 9th. And just take a stab at what year you think he was born. Wait, when was the little Albert experiment? Or is that not Albert? 1919s? <laughs> like 19-teens? And when he was, oh God, when he was born? Um, just take a stab. This number, I can't believe is real. Ninety-nine. Okay. Eight, no, mother. <laughs> and what's your answer? <laughs> 1888. Whoa, close. 1878. Ooh. Okay. What in the world? That's old, bro. He was an Aquarius. <laughs> Take that how you will. Aquarius! Mm. Aquarius, unite! <laughs> Woo! Wait, what's the song? The dawning of the age of Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Um, okay, born in South Carolina to a poor family. His father wasn't great. Um, oh, he was no. not around the family much, but when he was, he was known to drink heavily and then was prone to violence. Man, he looks good for being an alcoholic rager. No, um, this is John's dad. His father, not him. Well, he got the genes from his dad, so okay, boy, let's go. <laughs> you probably look good too. Decent. Morgan is like three white claws in, if you're curious. Right? And a lot of Skittles. <laughs> All about the Skittles. All about some Skittles. <laughs> okay, so around the time John turned 13, his father abandoned the family altogether. Bye. Aww. Damn, see you later. Yeah. 13? Sorry, when John was 13, John's dad left. Yeah, I got that. Okay, cool. Sorry, I would make sure you didn't think I was like, the dad was there. John pitched at the <laughs> He said, bye. Yeah, playing a little Joe Dirt on the train tracks. I mean, you've seen weirder. True. Fair enough. He, John, did not describe himself as a great student as he was schooled in a one-room schoolhouse. <gasps> this whole story is like, 
like house. one room, like one room schoolhouse, like all the grades were together in one room. Like little house That's crazy. How the shit did that work? Is it because all the like you just didn't have school for a while, and then suddenly a school was built, and then like all the town's kids would go? Like how the fuck? Because it's the only one in the area. The so towns are small. Like, You'd have enough people, I think. To but have... then, like, wouldn't you just get taught the same shit every year? Well, I think you had to like base it on like ages and grades. Like, I'm sure you had to switch it up. Like, you're not going to teach a high schooler the same thing as like a preschooler. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't think so. Maybe, I think I think they changed it. Up. Maybe There's back no in way. the day there was fucking preschoolers doing pre-calc. Nah. Preschool pre-calc. I don't. No, because you got to so. think that they're actually learning just... as well. Like, think of where they were. I don't know. They, if they were doing... learning how to grow corn. Maybe. Of the that's my. Nobody. I'll <laughs> um, have to ask Little House on the Prairie. Mm, yeah. Let's call Laura Ingalls Wilder ASAP. Um, but yeah, the story isn't scary at all. I just think it's very interesting, especially when you find out like the experiment he did and everyone's like, oh my gosh. But he was a simple man. He started yes. off simply, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but hold that thought because then he goes to college at 16, Whoa! which I guess was normal. No one made it was a big deal. Oh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Nowadays, it'd be true. like, oh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, and he kept on schooling, kept on keeping on until he got his PhD in 1903 <laughs> at the University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, from where he started, that is like the American dream. Like, have at it, bro. Yeah. He became professor of the University of Chicago um, for a little while. And then he took over <laughs> the whole university. And then he became a professor of psychology at John Hopkins University. So oh, dang. Like, Dumb I am. I don't even really know what that means, but I know it's fancy. Yes. Wow. Um, where else can we go up from here? <laughs> Just, we're still in the 1900s. Oh, jeez. before the kid thing. Like, hey, whoa. Yes. Yeah. So here at John Hopkins is where Watson writes his first major work called Behavior and Introduction to Comparative Psychology. Um, and he was super. What's that? Whoa. It's oh. a lot. Yeah, he was super adamant about the need um, to experiment on animals. As he describes instinct as a series of reflexes activated by heredity. I don't I don't quite understand behavioralism. I think it's not super big anymore. Because mm. now we know, like, your brain does shit. I'm upset. It doesn't mean it was always bad. We have Pavlov's dogs, so that would count. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. But he not Pavlov's, so... Well, good news. He went for babies. So, okay. <laughs> um, heredity, if, you can, if you're um, curious, is the sum of all biological processes that you inherit from your parents. So, okay. I, I don't really understand, but... Biological pro- Repeat that? Heredity. So, like, what you inherit from your parents. Like, hereditary? like the yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Haunted. Don't. <laughs> you just gave someone, like, a... Ugh. Just yeah. don't stick your head out of a car window. Don't eat... Okay, Penis. so he's <laughs> Everyone is picking up what he's putting down. All right, all right. All cool. And then in 1913, he has this lecture where he lays out behavioralism. He said, psychology, as the behaviorist views it, is purely objective, experimental branch of natural science. Wow. Its goal is the prediction and the control of behavior. He um, is known as the father of behavioralism. That's why he's like a big deal. Still. Oh, I think he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because this talk was, like, blowing people's minds. Like, oh, so, like, a, uh, like a TED Talk. Yeah, wait, I, what's it called? 
like a motivational speaker, but like a changing your life with science. Kind of. Because, I mean, Psych was still, Mind's like, blown. Basically super new, so. I just put the mind blown emoji. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here's where I talk about behaviorism. So, when I started this mini-series with inner series of show, whatever, I talked about classical... <laughs> Speaking yeah. of biological processes, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Sarah Burp. <laughs> excuse me. I'm going to take a little step. Okay, y'all, you said excuse me like I did. I'm the one who sits here and goes, and nobody <laughs> fucking says anything. Oh my god, no, you know who I just, I sound like Pee Wee Herman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Pee Wee Herman where he's being chased by Jurassic Park mobile? Oh. <laughs> I only own seasons like, or like episodes like 24 no. through like 30 on DVD. Hold on. This is just as important as anything I'm saying. Hold on. Sorry, Wes. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Wes, wait, Wes. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> and go. <laughs> they would have yeah. just missed all that gold. Action. Keep in what you want. Take out what you want. Whatever. Please make it flow nicely and not me just... <laughs> The whole time. Every break we have, that's now the new thing. No, whoa, no. Anyway, back to this heart throb. Yo. Um, Maybe. Animal tester. Mm. Yeah, I mean. Okay, in his younger, okay, well, not his younger years, older, but anyways, blah, anyways. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not great, but I don't, it's not like he's like, abusing them, which if he was, please don't tell me, like, don't, you can write into us, but I Address don't it know. to Sarah only. Actually, Erin, because she's the one that can take it. Yes. Erin gave sure. me all his information. I will. Okay. I'll have she- an update next week. <laughs> Aaron, just, Aaron just like said, like, let me, let me go ahead and close out your story from last time. <laughs> Print it up this it's email. It's called Aaron's time, bitch. <laughs> Aaron's correction. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, yes. So I started the whole thing off with like, you know, Pavlov and everything. Talk about classical conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so furry mates, the bell, whatever. That is an application of behaviorism. So behaviorism is the umbrella, like parent company to classical conditioning. Um, and then the other side of that is operant conditioning. Operant. Yes. Oh, oh, operant. Oh, I never mm-hmm. heard of that. Am I oh, stupid? Um, I'll talk about that some other time. Okay. Just because they have their own little uh, celebrity. Yeah. I've heard of it. I need a refresh. B. I know what you're talking Skinner. about, though. Ooh, that sounds scary. He's not quite as cute as our man, John no. Watson. I he am. wasn't working with dogs. Mm-mm. Not no. shocked. <laughs> Pavlov was a dog, remember? Watson was a chick. Um, he had a famous quote like, give me any child and I can make him into a future doctor or lawyer. Like Skinner? No, Watson. Watson. He was Did very... He? Well, no. we don't know <laughs> what happened not. to Al. Yeah. Either way, it didn't seem like... Albie. Albie. Albie coming around the mountain when you come. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so behaviorism is the theory... That psychology can be objectively studied through observable action. So it's the branch of psychology that's going to aim at correcting your actions, not correcting, like, your thoughts and and your inner monologues you have. Oh, so, like, if I have a nervous habit of doing something, like, correcting that? Yes. They'd correct the habit before. Like, they would use that to help you correct your nervous energy, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, start with what they can see, fix that, before they would ever talk you through anything. Okay. Um... They're responsible for methods like positive and negative reinforcements. Okay. Makes sense. And token economy. Yep. Which mm-hmm. is, if you don't know, like when you see a chore board at people's houses yep. that have kids and they get a sticker for each chore. 
and yeah. they get to the end, they get they can like gift. visually see what they're getting, and um, then like, oh, you did it all. Yeah. Token economy. Token Here you economy. Go. Yep. Okay. Um. Yeah. So it's still around. Like they. That's awesome. They figured that out. Psych. Baby. Oh, yeah. Um, but Use then, it every day. <laughs> I thought you meant like psych, like psych. psych. <laughs> different, Just kidding. Same word, different meaning. English is fun. <laughs> um, but then Watson drops boom, 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 his little Albie experiment. Go ahead, rap for us. Tell us about Albie. Yeah, right now. Albie, not rapping. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you think people are jazzed or not about what? The experiment. Yeah, because they were I would so, say back in the day, yeah. They, they were probably were so like, show us, his, um, show us what you got. Yeah, and they were so excited about his, you know, mind-blowing yeah. behavioralism. He's smart. He's cool. Literally spot on. I'll take a drink. Crowd Woo! goes wild. Yeah, yeah they're skittle, ready. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, crowd goes wild. He was a sensation. Literally, Ooh. an APA article I read, which is American Psych psychology association mm-hmm. um they compared him to the tiger woods of his time holy moly yes. remember when there was that book in like fifth grade about tiger woods that you could read do you guys did you guys do that a too? book what are you talking about there was like this like weird series of books and they were like all the same length they were like short autobiographies and like our whole class had to like pick one and i don't know why but i picked tiger woods had nothing to do like i had no knowledge they were all different people or yeah. they were all Is it oh, okay. name was tiger Oh no! I have no clue. Uh, uh, I think it's because like boys like him, so I was like, oh, <laughs> "Hold on, my tongue is a disgusting color." I'm so sorry. You just was it for that. like kids? Yeah, it was like big font and like a, basically like a small ass autobiography that like we did in fifth grade. You had to like write a report on it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. See, I'm telling I you. Think I know what you're talking about. Could I have picked any other person? Yeah. Should I have picked like someone I actually knew and like cared about? Yeah, like Jane Goodall. Well, I don't think Steve Irwin had an autobiography though. But no, my teacher in fourth grade just gave my books because it was her last year teaching, and so I took home a book on physics. And I remember like, Mom, look! And like to this day, I don't know if it's in my memory or like if I've made it up, but I remember her face being like, "Hmm, okay, mm-hmm. sure, good choice, honey." Looking back, I'm like, she had to know. There's no way I'm ever opening that book. Yard sale. Or say where you like looked at it like once. You're like, oh cute. Close. Can we burn it? <laughs> yeah, I might be able to find it. I young, young reader. Okay, I'll find it and I'll send it to it's, yeah. everyone. I feel like I've I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I can't visualize it in my head. Anyways. So this experiment happens, everyone's like, woo, you're the best man. Woohoo! He receives a 50% salary spike at John Hopkins. 50%? Yeah, baby. He is the president of the American Psychology Association. Again, going up. Yeah, so he's literally Moving walking. up on the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine walking through hallways like a jock in our high school. like, hey, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Bigger yeah. oh. guns. Keep it cool. Um, all right, so the other shoe does drop. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think brings this great man down? Not the experiment. Something. An affair? Mm-hmm. <gasps> How scandalous. Um, uh, something of his gets discredited. Okay. And so um, everyone's like, you are a scam. Someone does something better than him. <gasps> Find something out first. Erin! That's good. No, actually her first stab was like, through the heart. Wait, the, the first one? The yes. affair? <gasps> a divorce. A scandalous divorce. No! Yeah. Apparently, Woo! newspapers all across the country picked up 
on the coverage because of its salacious details. Oh my goodness. There was another woman. Not a mystery woman, but a real woman. (laughs) Um, Watson's wife had the love letters to prove it. She found (gasps) the love letters. Oh no. Was it Albie's mom? No. There was. So I always thought um, he was basically just like a ladies man, but I think this is why, and maybe I attributed to thinking he was sleeping around with everyone, but this was the one. Okay. Okay. All right. So you guessed Alfred, uh, Alfred's mom. No, it was the assistant, the 21 year old Rosalie Rayner. Oh no. Yes. Banging the Which assistant. Which then looking back, I was like, that's probably why she was listed. Like how you guys both like, wow, it's weird. They listed oh, her. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So cheating happens all the time, but this was a good story. So <laughs> um, it seems like our dear old Dr. Watson flew too close to the sun. His mm-hmm. wife that he had chosen for himself came from a pretty prominent political family in Baltimore. Oh, no. Her brother was a huge deal and became secretary of the interior for President Franklin Roosevelt. Yeah. So like, up. idiot. So <laughs> when someone in that family finds love letters, boy, howdy. Mm. Um, so yeah, Watson lost his job at John Hopkins. He was fired for public indiscretion. No way. This was right after they fired another professor for being part of a prostitution raid. <gasps> Ew. What's happening at John Hopkins? Okay, but hold on though. A fair prostitution ring. Those don't equal each other. This was the 1920s, to be fair. Ridiculous. But hold on. Okay. If you okay. think I'm Never done mind. with the details. Never mind. Okay. Continue. Okay. Continue. Continue. So a few decades after he left there, there was a rumor that he was actually dismissed for conducting sexual experiments, mm. which is not how you say experiments in any other language. Experiments. Oh, no. Um, another okay. psychologist named James Vernon McConnell investigated this because the same thing you said, Aaron, he was like, affairs happen all the time. Like divorces happen. If he was such a hot shot, that should not have brought him down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You would think they'd be like, eh. It would like smear his reputation maybe, but yeah. not like his, anything, like his job. His research was still quote unquote good. Yeah. Like just because you screw around doesn't mean. Yes. Anyway, I don't know. I mean, it's not great. It's not great. But I understand good, why he looked but... in. So anyway, he interviewed someone who was working with Watson after he got let go. And they passed along the info that Watson and Rayner were um, measuring their physiological responses to sex in Watson's lab at John Hopkins. A sex experiment. <laughs> um, could be a rumor, but it would be a rumor that was written in 200 psychology textbooks between 1974 <gasps> and 1994. So oh, no. I've seen back and forth. Like I was reading, some people think it's totally true, some think it's not. It's... What a nerdy scandal. Oh my God. I want to know. <laughs> I, I want to know if it's true. Um, but back to Watson. His name, it's tarnished, reputation, academia, ruined. Where do you think he goes next? Mexico. Okay. He goes out of the country. No, I don't know. Goes like with his life or like physically goes? Either, I guess. Like where would, what do you do next? Probably uh, is trying to get with, stay with his young lady because he's getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just going to try to mooch off the assistant, I think. He does marry her. Oh, oh okay. Well, and then it... moves to New York with her, and he works in advertising. Wouldn't have guessed that. Take the vacation. 
what a what? I have no idea. That's why I'm saying I don't get this man's he life. He had to go yeah. so off the cuff because everybody fucking hated him. He discredited. That's so crazy that he was just like also, screwed the science. No, doesn't that make you a little more concerned, like advertising wise though? Like I was listening once. Advertising is like a low level form of brainwashing. Yeah, because they're trying. To no, get it you literally to is. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Well, it's like the same with your sense. phones. Like, it pops up all the time, and yep. I'm like, now yeah. I or really like want to buy like this. Or, like, you say, like, a random word, and then all of a sudden there's ads for it and everything. Yeah. Yep. yep. Thanks. Now it's in your brain. Now I want to buy it. You can thank Psycho. Well, I don't know, but he, he went thanks, advertising. Watson. Mm-hmm. He apparently had a good career. Um, him and Miss Rayner, excuse me, Miss Watson, they <laughs> were together until her death in 1935. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, oh, at least it worked young. out for them. That's young. Thirty. Maybe well, she was like she was the nineteen-ish, like and again in the nineteen hundreds. They only lived till whenever, so moving around Not, all over the place. Yeah, they didn't live that long, and it was quite a scandal that might take some years off your life. I don't know if I would want to be on the other end of a political family and you're the other oh, woman. My. Oh no! In the nineteen, I'm so surprised. They, I mean, and they did stay together. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, that be, shocks me. Yes. Um. So he had a pretty bad relationship with his kids from his first wife, as you can imagine. Shocking. Yes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, those relationships got worse, and he lived out the end of his days as a recluse on a farm in Connecticut. And shortly before he died in 1958, he burned all of his unpublished papers and letters. No! Frickin' Watson. So I guess if they were doing those experiments, I wouldn't know. Maybe that was good for him then. Some people like, claim they found, like, test tubes and stuff. I, mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the life of John B. Watson. Uh, be good to yourself. If it doesn't work out, um, go to advertising. Yeah. I guess like us, we advertise. Speaking of which, have you bought your zero sweat antiperspirant yet? Have you? Bought. Sweat. Sweating is no laughing matter, Sarah. If you have sweaty pits, you need zero sweat. Mm-hmm. I There are multiple products. I haven't changed from the roll-on. You put it on your pits at night. You sleep. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. You dry. You dry throughout the day. Not only from your sleep, but throughout the day. Head over to zerosweat.com. Type in the code SINISTER at checkout. You will receive 20% off of a $15 purchase or more. <laughs> back to it back to Sarah it. can you do more psychology tea because I was really that about was, this oh, I was, mm. scandalous there was scandal so the there, rise and the fall there of... was intrigue there was scandal there was, there was cheating there was love there was babies there was animals it's New York's hottest club Bush have you seen that on SNL oh no Steve? I thought you just made that up oh I literally thought Stefan too Oh, Bill Hader's character. And he goes, New York's hottest club is Push. And he like does his deep <laughs> ass scary alien voice. And I'm like, he's like, the New York's hottest, hottest nightclub. You'll see two midgets being traffic cones in the street moving on. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? And he's just like trying. Like, that's how the whole thing like started. Because he was like making himself fucking laugh. He was like, <sighs> puts his hands over his nose because he's fucking dying. I would be too. No, there's no way. I'd be How could you read that. those mismatched sentences and not be like, no matter, you read that just A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you're going to laugh. And then yeah. Tim, when he's like, <laughs> 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 
So yeah, that's all I had for today. That was John B. Watson. Okay, How next time interesting. bring the actual literal tea, please. Because like I would be sipping that <laughs> yep, bitch. Yep. Woo! That was not what I bargained for, but that was great. I thought he just I was around so like into everybody, it. but that was just as good. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit of a poe. He may have been. Yeah, probably. Definitely did was. him and I'm sorry if you don't know? Did him and Reiner have children? I don't know. Well, he was recluse on his farm, so it doesn't really matter. Say if they did, they didn't like him any more than his first wife's kids. So, damn. Hmm. Well, it is what it is. Maybe it's you shouldn't be fucking around with babies and cheating. Yeah, yeah. Because eventually there were definitely clapbacks on his experiment. So, especially <laughs> after it was easy, after they were like he sucks. Yeah, and now you're like, and his experiment sucked too. Yeah, he cheated. Let's like totally his discredit his ass. Ugh. Yep. Cancel his ass. Yep. Cancel him. Canceled. <laughs> I mean, he kind of was. Yeah. In one swift, like, they said literally within the same year, he published the little Albert experiment. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you're the best. His wife says, no, you're not. And files a divorce proceedings, like, for everyone to see. Well, it's good thing you got that 50% fucking raise to pay for your alimony and shit, you little asshole. Oh, I hope she got such good alimony. Oh, I'm sure she did. Wow. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, gals, I think that wraps up episode 73. Yeah. And uh, with that, I I got nothing besides please do your due diligence in uh, reporting your love for us via Apple Music. (laughs) I mean, Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can leave a rating and review. Just search Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Sinister Sun. Oh, Sinister underscore Sunrise underscore Podcast. Uh, email us. Uh, email us. Yeah. Please. If you've seen a ghost, I want to fucking know. If you've got psychology tea, we want to fucking psychology know. Psychology tea. Mm-hmm. There's so much true crime out there. Aaron doesn't know it all. Sorry, you don't. That's no, I don't. Send her ideas. Send her ideas. Send us all ideas. Group topic ideas. We would Definitely. love, love, love to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com to send those in. Uh, ladies, I think that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. See you next week, fam. Bye. Bye.